You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Thursday. Since we're off tomorrow, it's a meat Friday on Thursday. We got smoked ribeyes, pulled apart pesto bread, grilled baby carrots. All the recipes can be found on the uh, newsletter, danpatrick.com. We'll talk to the popular actor Mark Wahlberg in a minute or so. Dale Earnhardt Jr. will also stop by this hour. More phone calls. It was a festive parade yesterday. I was just curious what Aaron Donald would say about his future, Sean McVay with his future. And, well, I guess if you're listening to Sean McVay, certainly sounds like he's coming back to coach. Run it back! 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 Give it up for Aaron Donald! What a start! Everything! We, we, we built the super team. We can bring the super team back. Why not run it back? We could be world champions. Yeah! <laughs> it sounded like WWE. <laughs> The so, goal. Yeah, sort of a hype situation there. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans, built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything, go the extra mile. Taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Play of the day, we got uh, phone calls coming up, and we got another stat of the day as well. I mentioned Dale Earnhardt Jr. will join us coming up in a little bit. Mark Wahlberg, actor, diehard Boston fan. Uh, His new film, Uncharted, hits theaters here in the United States this Friday. And he's uh, acting with uh, Tom Holland, who is on a roll here. And uh, I'll let Mark tell you about the the movie. Joins us now. Mark, how's morale going today? What's up, buddy? I'm feeling pretty good. How are you? I'm good. You're in New York, so you got out. You didn't even experience. Well, you wouldn't have celebrated the Rams winning the championship, would you? No, you know, I'm happy for, I got uh, friends that are on the team. I'm happy for Odell. Uh, I'm certainly happy for, for uh, Aaron Donald and, uh, and Sam. But, you know, it's one of those things where I was kind of pulling for the, you know, the small market team, but I really didn't have any stress. It was, it was one of the more enjoyable games for me. You know, when the Patriots aren't in it, I'm a crazy, I mean, uh, when the Patriots are in it, I'm a crazy person. So for me, it was, it was super relaxed. I didn't, uh, didn't really uh, was a concern one way or the other. Did you go to the game? I did. I went uh, a couple hours early. I was doing some stuff to promote Uncharted, so I was there doing some press. Had uh, some meetings with a bunch of people. I jumped from box to box. Then I left after the first quarter. I got home in time to see the halftime show, which I thought was the greatest halftime show that I had ever seen. It was fantastic. Uh, and then I watched the rest of the game. But I watched at home. I had some friends over. My wife had a little Super Bowl party. It was. Uh, <laughs> Very enjoyable. What did that music mean to you growing up, the halftime show? Oh, my gosh. Well, I remember the first time my brother Donnie and I were at Interscope Records and Dr. Dre came in with The Chronic and we were there and I had already had my record deal and they were talking about whether or not they were going to do a deal with Death Row. And we heard the record and just thought it was one of the best records we'd ever heard. It's still one of the best records to this day. So that music is part of my childhood, but also to see Kendrick now, who's a new artist and so talented. I thought that he was um, one of the best highlights. And that and, of course, Mary J. Blige, who's my absolute favorite. Mary and I did shows back in 91 for like Hot 97 Radio in Cancun, Mexico and stuff. So for her to still be killing it as hard as she is, uh, it's absolutely amazing. Who did you open up for? Like, that would surprise uh, uh, me. Oh, we opened up 
Wow, we open up for a lot of people. I would say the the big shows we were always doing were like the radio shows. So it was like us, Boys to Men, you know, Mary J. Blige. It, it was a long list, um, you know. Oh God, uh, TLC. We were all kind of coming up at the same time. So, but I opened up for the new kids. I used to get in trouble because I would do things that were inappropriate for younger audience <laughs> over in Europe, and uh, I would always get an earful from uh, from my brother. Wait, what were you doing? Is there nudity? You know, pulling down my pants, cursing, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> I think that was cool. And those days a- are over, right? Yeah, I mean, it depends. We're on the golf course with my buddy, but still, I'm still talking a lot, of, a lot of smack, for sure. And I think the last time you rapped was when you were on our show five years ago. Yes, with Ella. Yeah. The dad yeah, that was a lot of fun. She, Ella's come a long way, by the way. She's super mature now. Well-behaved. Thank God. Lots of prayers answered there. Okay. But, you know, you have that moment where it doesn't matter if you're famous or not. To them, you're like, you're an uncool dad. You, you, you embarrass me and you say stupid things. Like, you, but you got to fight through that. You got you to hold on. You say to your wife, uh, when does this end? Because it, it feels like it goes on a little too long. Yeah, it doesn't really end. Although my sons now are becoming obsessed with golf. And now that we've got real, you know, A, I could play, and B, we get to go play really cool golf courses, and they're seeing lots of cool golfers that are actually my friends that are professional. So I got a little cool factor in the golf, in the golf world with my sons. I didn't know that you love to prank people so much. What's the best prank that you've pulled off? It was probably uh, on the Dan Patrick show when I called Pete Berg and pretended to be a guy from Louisiana. <laughs> And we're talking about the little altercation that happened on the plane. And Pete was trying to say that, you know, that wasn't really how it happened. And then when he realized it was me, uh, the look on his face was classic. I remember like it was yesterday. I was in New Orleans. I think I was shooting two guns with Denzel. I was in my hotel room. So I'm watching him live as I'm calling in. That was, that was pretty good. That was up there. But when you're acting with somebody like Denzel, do you ever catch yourself going, I'm acting with Denzel in the moment? Well, it's happened a couple of times, whether it be with like Denzel, Jack Nicholson, Robert Duvall. But, you know, they're, they are such great mentors. And they really, you know, you could either be with somebody who's going to elevate your game and you realize that it's, it's to your benefit to just kind of go there and just do your best. Uh, or you can kind of not rise to the occasion. But you're only as good as the guy next to you. And to, to work with guys that are that talented, I always, I always get very excited about that. But they know how respectful I am and that I'm a student of the game. And uh, But, yeah. And then, of course, I'm also fearless in trying anything. So, uh, you know, that was a, those are some of the greatest experiences that I've had. And I carry those experiences on and, and try to share those experiences when working with young actors like Tom Holland. Did you cry when Tom Brady announced he was retiring? No, I was just happy for him. I was happy. You know, for me, he's done so much for New England. He's done so much for football, you know, for us to, you know, to win that many championships, uh, you know, six titles. It's a blessing. He, whatever he wants to do, I'm more than supportive and, and, and just, uh, you know, happy for him. I was watching Perfect Storm. It was on last night. And there's, there's the scene when you guys are drowning. Now, how do you, how do you act like you're drowning? Well, you know, it's actually, it was pretty helpful in that we were in the tank at at Warner Brothers. You got the wave machines going, the rain and all that stuff. And there are guys, because the shot of me, especially when they're fading away and I'm supposed to be in the middle of the ocean, 
the, the mark itself is so critical for focus that you have guys, scuba guys, under the water holding my feet <laughs> to keep me in position. But they don't realize where the waves are in relation to where my head is. So they're holding me in that position. And when the waves go up, I'm submerged. And I'm like trying to get away and, you know, swim away. That's your first instinct, right? It's to swim. But so it was, it was pretty scary. That was a pretty sketchy time to shoot that because I didn't want to mess up a take. Wolfgang would, would not have been happy with me, our filmmaker. But was there any thought of like the ending like that? You know, we normally have Hollywood endings. I like when you have a, a real ending, an ending that makes you think. But, you know, you yeah. and George Clooney die. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a true story. You know, many, many a fisherman has gone out to provide us the simple pleasures of eating fish for dinner uh, and not come back, especially in, in the Flemish Cap and, uh, and places like that. So, you know, um, those guys, you know, that were on the Andrea Gale, uh, they didn't come back. You have this new movie with Tom Holland, and he's sort of the it guy right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you give him advice on dealing with whatever it is that he's going to deal with. I mean, have you been in that moment, that level where it's like, whatever you do, whoever you're dating, wherever you go, TMZ, they're all there waiting for you. Yeah. I mean, things have changed quite a bit with social media since I was his age, but he's had a lot of success in a very short amount of time, but he's, he's comes from a great family. He really has his head on right. And he's, you know, he's disciplined. He, he works hard. He knows that this kind of success in big IP like, like uh, Spider-Man or even Uncharted is very different from you being above the title on your own, an original movie. So he's, he's really out there trying to do great things in between that showcases talent and ability as an actor. And I think he's going to have a, a, a very long career. Explain this movie and how it came up. So this movie actually came up in, for me, 2009. I just finished The Fighter. David O. Russell and I attached ourselves to do Uncharted. I was playing the role of Nathan Drake. I have since now aged out to playing the role <laughs> of Sully, the elder statesman. Um, but, you know, I embraced that. It was one of those things. That when I did get the call, I was a bit surprised because I'm like, all right, we're, we got Uncharted going again. I hope you're ready. I was like, absolutely, I'm ready. And I was like, who's the other guy? Because, you know, before we had De Niro. So I was like, maybe we get De Niro back or maybe we get Jack Nicholson or, you know, somebody great. And they're like, Tom Holland. I was like, what, what do you mean, Tom Holland? <laughs> Tom Holland. I had to put two and two together. And I just realized, oh, my God, you want me for the old guy. But then I realized the benefits of being in the helicopter barking orders as opposed to, you know, having to be thrown out of a plane or hanging from a cable for 12 hours a day for six months. So I, I embraced it. And it's much better me kind of playing age appropriate roles. And imagine me trying to play the 25 year old running around uh, with a bad back and a bad knee. It wouldn't it wouldn't look good. Is it tougher to add weight or lose weight? Oh, it's much tougher to add weight. It's just it's fun for a week. And then, you know, I just put, put 30 pounds on for a roll and I'm still feeling, uh, it, it's just still bothering me. So I lost the weight since, but it just does a lot to your body, but nothing worse than being on a full stomach and then having to eat again. It's, it's the worst. Well, that's how you win Academy Awards. You know, when you, you have the transformation, right? You either lose weight or uh, gain weight. Well, I think for me, if, if the role calls for, I played a guy who was, you know, started out as a boxer and then he became, he tried to become an actor. And then after that, he wanted to go into the priesthood after he had a, a terrible accident, had a visit from Mother Mary, went into the priesthood. And then he came down with a rare muscular degenerative disease, IBM, and his physicality basically deteriorated, but his spirituality soared. So he had put on a lot of weight in what was once this kind of, you know, really kind of, uh, 
fit guy, you know, everything just kind of turned to mush. And so, you know, I had to, you know, portray that in an honest way. Uh, before we let you go, let's play the Mark Wahlberg bench contest. Uh, we did this with a lot of guys at the Super Bowl. One rep max. Um, Fritzy, what are you going with Wahlberg here? I'm going to go 315. 315. Seton? Going 325. Uh, Marvin? I'm going to go 285. 285. Paulie? Three even. 300. Three, 300 for Wahlberg. I'm going to go 340 max. One rep. Mark, your answer is? Dan, you're pretty spot on. 340, 345 has been my max. Um, we were we were shooting painting game. We would go to the gym and we kind of do this lift off all the time. My buddy Ace, who's here, he would go cold turkey right to three fifteen, and he would bet his paycheck every time, and he got squished. <laughs> he got squished every single time. He never lifted it, but he never warmed up. I'd go, you know, one thirty five for ten. I do one eighty five for ten. I do two twenty five for ten. Then I go three fifteen, and then I go, you know, three forty, three forty five. Uh, but but for that, I got labrum tears in both shoulders. <laughs> uh, hey, good luck with the movie. Great to talk to you again, as always. My best to the family. Thank you, bud. I can't wait to come into the studio and see you guys. Thank you. Thank you. That's Mark Wahlberg, actor. Uh, the new film hits theaters on Friday. That's Uncharted with uh, Mr. Spider-Man, Tom Holland. He's a big deal. Yeah, Paul. Uncharted or Unchartered? Unchartered. Okay. Yes, Tom. Uncharted. Uncharted. Un- un- uncharted 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 people always confuse uh he, he's sailing into uh un- uncharted chartered waters uncharted uncharted waters yeah I-, I know because i made that mistake initially when i made the request for mark Wahlberg. <laughs> by the way it's uncharted that you wrote uncharted so i got a little slap on the wrist so i want to make sure but you have uncharted it should be uncharted not uncharted territory it's uncharted you have uncharted Chartered. And I hit it. So there's not a charter to... boat to where he's at. No, it's un- <laughs> should be uncharted. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> Comes out tomorrow. Wahlberg. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Considering that, how you pronounce Walmart. All right. Uh, we'll talk to Dale Jr. coming up. Uh, Nick in Florida joins us. Hey, Nick, what's on your mind today? What's up, DP? Hey, bud. First time, long time, 5'9", and a deceptively skilled T-Terry. All right. So I've got a quick story and a stat of the day. Okay. Um, so yesterday, Receipt A did call into your show, and he also called into your local affiliate down here, WDAE. Yeah. And he tried to make the case that Bruce Arians is a bigot. So for about 15 minutes yesterday, he argued that Bruce Arians, who – is a wonderful coach and clearly has a diverse coaching staff. For whatever reason, is a bad dude. So if you mm. can up my uh, Darius stat of the day music. You know what? I don't even entertain it, Nick. I mean, if it, that that's his feeling. I mean, and you know what? I'm so proud of the callers we have because they're usually intelligent in what they offer, have a great sense of humor. But, I, you know, I'm not going down that rabbit hole with Bruce Arians. It has always had one of the more uh, diversified staffs in football he's known for that look he just got tired of putting up with antonio brown that's it doesn't make you a racist a bigot if you know if antonio brown said you know coach i can't play and he calmly sat there on the bench or calmly went into the locker room they probably would have kept him you take off your uniform i mean come on he was done that was it 
He's tired of dealing with that. And who knows what he dealt with that, that we don't even know behind the scenes. Antonio Brown, you get what you get from him. There should be, no one should ever be surprised where you go, damn, didn't see that coming. It's like, yeah, figured it was coming. Just a matter of time. We'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. I do want to talk about how social media reacted to Aaron Rodgers' engagement being called off. Have that for you coming up as well. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Keeping your internet-connected devices updated is always a good idea, not just for consumers, but for companies as well. And one bug is getting a lot of media attention. It's called Log4J. Cyber criminals can exploit this bug and break into the server and steal your data. Every day we put so much information at risk on the internet. And I tell you about this, it feels like, each week. And I keep saying... It's great that there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale in the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they send you an alert. You have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Make sure you use the promo code PATRICK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to lifelock.com. Make sure you use the promo code PATRICK for 25% off. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Peacock's your destination for exclusive shows covering the Winter Olympics, the Olympic show, Olympic ice, Winter Gold, featuring the biggest moments, most compelling wins, all streaming daily, only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com. Sign up now. Hall of Famer Dale Earnhardt Jr., a uh, special contributor to the uh, Super Bowl festivities, two-time Daytona 500 winner. He and his wife, Amy, have partnered with Sugarlands to launch their own vodka brand called High Rock. I went into the mailroom yesterday and I opened up the package and I go, somebody sent me vodka. I started, <laughs> I started asking. There's no note in there. And I started saying, who's sending me vodka? And then Fritzy goes, Junior is. I said, all right, well, get Junior on the phone. You got my attention with uh, vodka there. So you and Amy are deciding to do this together. Yeah, we've been talking to Sugarlands for several years about trying to figure out what we could do together. They make a lot of different products from moonshine to bourbon, and they got a really, really cool bourbon called Roaming Man that's won a lot of awards across the country. But uh, anyhow, they wanted to make a vodka, and they make it all in-house right there in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and they've they just had a lot of success. So we thought if we're going to do this, we want to do it with – the right people. So it's a great product and we're real proud of it. So kind of starting to launch that slowly across the country over the next several months. We're going down to Daytona this weekend for the Daytona 500. And we've got a a few launch parties down there in Daytona uh, tonight and tomorrow night. So uh, should be a lot of fun. So I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a pretty good success. What did you drink after you'd win a race? When I would win a race, uh, Dan, the adrenaline's pumping through your body no matter where you finished uh you couldn't go to sleep and you uh you know so i always went home and i'd stay up till two three four o'clock in the morning just trying to calm down and uh i drank beer budweiser bud light 
Uh, I was pretty loyal to Budweiser because they were so great to me early in my career. Um, and that's what I'd still drink today and has a Bush products when it comes to beer. Well, when you get into the winner's circle, champagne, you actually drink in the champagne or just sprayed on you? You almost feel obligated to take a drink of it, right? You like to spray it everywhere, right? Get it all over the place. But uh, it sort of uh, involves – it's a great way to get everyone involved in the celebration. Uh, if there's no confetti, you want to spray champagne on everybody. Um, but you feel obligated to drink some of the champagne. It's like uh, baby, bad luck if you don't have a drink of the champagne from the bottle. Did you ever screw up the sponsors after you win and you want to thank everybody? I don't think I ever made a mistake that I can remember, but you often forgot to mention your sponsors and they want you to mention them, right? Every opportunity, every interview, if they come up to interview before the race, before qualifying, after anything you've ever done, uh, they want you to mention your spot, uh, sponsors. And I was never really good at that. But I kind of got a pass um, uh, with with that kind of thing, and we were doing so much. Um, uh oh, uh oh! I just saw the, <laughs> I saw your daughter. Hey, tell Amy. I heard her coming. Uh, I, I heard the little pitter patter of the feet coming. I'm like, okay, we're getting ready to introduce you to Nicole. <laughs> let me let me see her. She done took off. Uh, She's she's she done took off around the corner, but no, that's I, think, I, I, th I think was it Amy who grabbed her? That was Tammy. Tammy Tammy helps out around. Oh, here okay. Yeah. I, she's your crew chief around the house. She is the crew chief. <laughs> yeah, Tammy, Tammy keeps things straight around here. Are are drivers made? Are you born a driver or do you become a driver? You know, I think it depends. I think when you. If your family raced like mine did, it's uh, it's very you know it's common to hear people say, "Man, you were born into this," and you really are. You're 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 you you are what you're exposed to, right? So if you're born in an environment, you kind of are infected. You know, you're kind of infected with that passion, and you're 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 steered uh, to be interested in certain things that you're exposed to. So. If you grew up around racing, there's a race shop in the backyard and there's race cars around all the time. Yeah, you're born into it. But when you look at a guy, for example, I par my career kind of paralleled with a guy named Matt Kenseth, and we were pretty good friends. And he was not born into it. Racing was something he discovered. And, uh, you know, he was sort of a – he didn't have a last name like me and he didn't have all the keys to all the doors to unlock and walk right through. And he was kind of a self-made racer and had to learn the craft and, and, and develop his skills really from his own experiences. And so it just depends really about, you know, where you are and who you are and who you know and uh, what you're exposed to at a very young age. But do you think your daughters are going to have that racing gene? No, you know, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that you have the the gene. I don't know that there's a uh, there's a certain real attribute that you can you can be born with that makes you a great race car driver. I think that um, you know you just either have it or you don't. And it, it, I you can develop talent, but you have to go out there and you have to drive and 
you definitely need people around you that are helping you understand the mistakes you're making on the racetrack and why you need to do certain things and how to run the line and and uh, how to get around the track and go fast. Some people, I mean, I, it, it's been the hardest thing to really understand. Uh, you'll you'll see a guy race and they will be so fast and there's no explanation for why they're this good. Uh, like Kyle, Kyle Larson, for example, right? Where did his ability come from? This guy can win and, and drive anything on dirt, any type of horsepower, any type of car, he seems to excel. Kyle Busch is the same way. Um, they just have this real raw ability to connect to the car. And I always felt like that uh, the best way to describe it was is when you're when things are working really good, you and the car almost feel like one thing, right? You almost it fits you like a glove, and you that car is like an extension of you. It's like your arm or your leg. You you know how to work it and move it just like uh, you've been living with it your entire life. And so um, there's moments uh, where you'll see that in certain drivers. And those are the, those are the elite ones though. You know, there's guys that are good. There's guys that are pretty decent and there's guys that are talented, but then there's this one little group that just has something special that everyone else doesn't have, you know, and, and it's a rare once in a generation kind of talent. Could you drive a, any racetrack? Is there a racetrack you could drive one lap with your eyes closed? Yeah. I mean, I, I think <laughs> when we raced at Daytona and Talladega, when, you know, when you're in the lead of the draft and you got 40, you know, cars behind you, uh, you're looking in the mirror, you know, you're driving the race car, looking out the windshield, but you're also looking in the mirror, watching what's going on behind you, probably three quarters of the lap. You might run almost a whole lap, like watching that mirror. No and the the great thing that we develop as drivers, and I think that probably all athletes have this ability, especially I would, I would assume like a cornerback in the NFL would have amazing peripheral vision and they can actually focus on an object in front of them or a person, but also see other things happening around them and make adjustments based on what they see in their peripheral vision. And that's what a race car driver does. And so I can look in the mirror and really focus on trying to defend anything that's coming from behind me uh, to maintain the lead. But also as I'm focusing on that, I'm actually still seeing what's out the windshield in my peripheral vision and understanding where I'm at on the racetrack. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty interesting thing when you think about it, but when you do something for so many years uh you develop those type of skills he's dale jr he and his wife amy have partnered with sugarlands to launch their own vodka brand called high rock visit highrockvodka.com how often would you flip somebody off when you were driving i um i probably did it that see flipping somebody off is uh, is pretty bad that's a oh okay yes well you know it's in a race car. You're not able to speak to each other, right? I can't. I can't cuss you out if you're in another car and we're banging and you you did something I'm mad about. I can't cuss you, and so really, flipping you off is about the only thing I can do to show you that I'm angry. And well, you can bump some, into somebody. Well, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I, like, mean, I, I like how that's acceptable, but hey, you can bang into my cart. Just don't flip me off because then I'm really yeah, going to be. I've never, I've never really understood this, <laughs> but I learned this from guys like Rusty Wallace and uh, the people that, uh, you know, I, I grew up watching that for some reason that sets you, that sets them off. You know, that for some reason, that's a very um, unethical thing to do. Now, outside the racetrack, by all means, you know, everybody flipping everybody off, no big deal. Um, Given the bird is, you know, what you would expect in any other circumstance, but on the racetrack, for some reason, uh, when you get flipped off, it sends you <laughs> into a rage and uh, unlike any other situation uh, and you, you don't want to be flipped off. I don't know why that's such a big deal on the racetrack for some reason. That's super, that's way more offensive than you're racing a race car to be flipped off than it is to be flipped off in any other scenario. I, I don't really know how to under, you know, how to articulate that or explain why that's the case, but your, uh, your football team's now known as the commanders. Junior, yes. are you okay with that? It is what it is. It's happening, right? So I that, that's <laughs> not a ringing endorsement. Are you well? Okay? All right. So I'll be honest. Like I was hoping it would be the Warriors because that sounded like um, easy. You know, it's easy. Washington Warriors. That was an easy thing to say. I knew that it was probably unlikely because um, you know somebody's out there trademarking and copywriting and and you know, trying to, you know, trying to get a pile of cash for the rights to use something like that. And I have no idea how they determined or decided on commanders. I don't, I was, I don't know how those meetings went. Uh, I was, I had no clue uh, what the name was up until everyone else found out at the same time. And uh, I don't, you know, I, I think I wasn't super in love with it at first, but I wasn't in love with the Washington football team either when it first came out, right? And then a year later, here we are going, well, I'm kind of okay with that now. (laughs) Why don't we just, you know, why don't we just leave leave it football team? That's good. Well, we weren't thinking that a year ago. We hated it, right? Or two years ago. Yeah. And so, you know, commanders sounded weird at first, but I think with each passing day, it gets normalized and it gets okay, right? It get and look at I mean, when you really think about it, uh, you know, looking at all the other teams' names, I mean, they're not extraordinary. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing that really jumps off the page when you look at all the they're just names. And if if they ever came up for sale, yeah. Would you be a part of it? I don't group? have that kind of money, uh, Dan. <laughs> oh, I'm, you don't. No. Um, I mean, this is billions of dollars. Uh, this is going to take You can be some, part of a group. I wouldn't. I don't know that I'd be interested. I don't know that I'd be interested in that, to be honest with you. You know, I, I, it would be such a, I would be such a small fraction of the ownership that it wouldn't, I don't know what I would get out of that. And, and, uh, you know, as far as enjoyment and so forth, I love being a fan I want to stand. I want to. I want to be in the stands with all the other fans. I want to wear the merch, and I want to <laughs> be mad when they lose, and I want to cheer when they win, and I want to go to the. You know, I want to go to the the. We got there's a guy in Charlotte here that that uh, has a. They, you know, they designate a Washington 
Commander's Bar. This is the bar where you go watch the games. This is where all the Washington Commander fans are going to go. I want to go do that. I don't want to be in the owner's box and worried about Yeah, but how many line. guys are in this bar? It's you and three other guys? Oh, there's a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't went yet, but I've been I follow this guy on social media and I've been telling him for a long time I'm going to come watch a game with him because I'm 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 a fan. I want to be a fan, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this out. Whatever happens with the commanders going forward, I read somewhere on social media like um, we choose you know when, at a very young age, Dan, we choose this team right that we're gonna follow, and we spend the rest of our lives letting that make us miserable. And uh, you know, no matter what, no matter what happens, you stay loyal to that team, right? Yeah. When the Panthers came into town, I love the Panthers. I think they're great. I love what they do for the city of Charlotte. But it, I never contemplated switching from Washington to to Charlotte. Uh, you know, I had already made that choice to be a Washington uh, fan in 1981, 1982, and I'm I got too much personally invested in that, and I've celebrated too many good times and suffered through too many bad times to, <laughs> to give it up. Well, congrats on the vodka. Safe travels to uh, Daytona. My best to the family, and uh, thanks for joining us as always, bud. It's always good to see you, man. Thanks for having me on. That's Dale Jr. The uh, vodka is High Rock Vodka. Go to highrockvodka.com. Yeah, he sent a bunch of it yesterday. Shot glasses, everything, and then I reached out to all the people I knew. I'm like, our salespeople, people you know, with uh, Premier Radio, I, end, I get a lot of things in the mail, and I never know who's sending these things. And then I was like, Fritzy, do you know what? You know, because Fritzy doesn't drink. And I'm going, do you know who sent me vodka? And he goes, uh, Junior did. I go, Junior. He goes, Dale Junior. I go, why is Dale Junior sending me <laughs> vodka? And he goes, he's got a new vodka. And I go, all right. So I got my, uh, my High Rock vodka in the mail. We can we can crack it uh, after the show. By the way, get some bloodies going. Yeah, do some bloody bloody marriage there. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back with more phone calls. I want to talk about how social media reacted to uh, the news that Aaron Rodgers is no longer engaged. We're back after this. Dan Patrick show. Can't wait to watch him tee it up at Riviera this week. And I'd love to watch the golf, but I also like to see who's playing the clubs that I play and who's playing Callaway's new Rogue ST driver. It's built to compete. You're going to hit bombs with this. It's been speed-tuned to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Now, there's a couple of these drivers. So there's a Rogue ST for everybody. Most golfers will probably fit into the max because... Incredible combination of distance and forgiveness. There's also Max D. If you're somebody who likes to draw the ball, that's what the D is for. Max LS, stronger trajectory and a more neutral flight. But for the true players out there, Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS, compact, low spin head, that's what the tour players are going to use. I'm not at that level, but... Uh, there is a Rogue ST for everybody. Callaway, they have been through every aspect of speed, so all you have to do is go rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at callawaygolf.com slash go rogue. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Spent a lot of time in the first hour. We were talking about the Lakers, Anthony Davis down for at least two weeks, and you're moving into the uh, stretch drive here where seating is going to be really important. And you wonder, Lakers, they're going to open up with Phoenix in that opening round. A play in game here. You also have the situation with Zion Williamson. And, you know, before you say, well, he's going to be a bust. Now, I, I mentioned this at, as soon as I found out he had had foot surgery. I said, this is a big deal. And then we started to see the time frame of this and then push back with him coming back. And then I said, he's not going to play this year. And now there's a possibility of a second surgery. He's not going to play, but he's young. Keep in mind where Joel Embiid was. Now, it was his back, but still, that's one of those. We're not quite sure how to treat the back with surgery, without surgery. Uh, that was five years ago. Joel Embiid is maybe the leading candidate for MVP. But then I have Grant Hill, and then I have Bill Walton. Cautionary tales. Uh, you know, maybe went misdiagnosed, mistreated. I think Bill Walton sued the Portland Trailblazers for what happened with all of his uh, surgeries on his feet. But, you know, Joel Embiid missed the first two years, and then he played about 30 games his third year. And then all of a sudden, he started to be consistent, probably got in better shape, and here he is as one of the best players in the game. So before you say, Zion Williamson, is he a bust? And I know that question is being asked this morning. Just keep in mind that he is young. Now, you look at how big he is and the way he plays, it's going to be an issue. And those are the kind of things that sometimes they don't fully heal. But if you... You know, you have the surgery, now you have another surgery. And you just hope that we don't hear, you know, that with Zion Williamson again. But I'm going to guess we will, just because those injuries, it and those bones are so small, it just feels like it's just waiting to happen. Yeah, Paul? If you go back to Grand Hill, he was 27 years old. He was an all-star, first-team All-NBA, averaging 26-6-6. Six, and six. And then he had the ankle-foot injuries, and he was always a good player after that. He had seasons where he averaged 19 points, 15 points. But we had him on. He said, he goes, I, I didn't have the explosiveness. You know, night to night, was, it was tough for back-to-back games and things like that. Yeah, and I think Zion, there's going to be load management in more ways than one with him. But not going to play this year. And then the question is, you know, who's going to help him rehab this? Um, does it affect how he plays as we move forward? Mac in Ohio. Hi, Mac. Thanks for holding. What's on your mind today? Hi, guys. Thank you. Um, 6-1, a rather flaccid uh, 195. Uh, Dan, I'm an ER doc in Cincinnati, and uh, I was my shift was Sunday night between 7 p.m. and 7 a.m., and I stitched up uh, 12 people during that shift, and... <laughs> Exclusively, all these people were wearing uh, Rams gear. I thought that was rather, I thought that was rather strange. And two of them were girls. 
<laughs> Wait, how did how did they get injured? Well, I uh, we have to ask: Was alcohol involved? And that's when they look at you like you're from Mars. Mm. But uh, yes, and uh, they were at parties or they were in a bar and. And things got a little out of control, and somebody hit somebody, and somebody took a beer bottle to somebody, and uh, wow. uh, one of, one of those type of things. Okay, but, uh, but but this is in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. So and they had they had Rams gear on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Mac, and uh, we appreciate your service. Yeah, this isn't Los Angeles. This is Cincinnati where you got all these Rams fans. You know, they probably went to parties with Bengal fans, and then maybe that's why they ended up in the hospital. Yes, Todd? Whatever happened to the, you're not in Cleveland, you're in Cincinnati. <laughs> I thought the Cincinnati people behave themselves. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Wayne in Arizona. Hi, Wayne. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. How's it going? Good, uh, bud. Just wanted to Just wanted to see if you saw that um, Chris Mortensen um, um, report that Carson Wentz might be one and done and at the Colts. And yeah. I was wondering what you thought if, uh, you know, Frank Wright would go after Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams for a good fit and go to the Colts. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to guess that everybody who has a question mark at that position would be interested in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, it was announced yesterday he and uh, Shailene Woodley or whatever his name, the actress, they broke up. And social media was like, oh, yeah, shocker. Like, you know, or yeah, good for her getting out. You know, he must be a nightmare. I'm thinking you may not like Aaron Rodgers, but, uh, you know, politics or vaccine or decision or what. I mean, I I was just kind of surprised that people like turn and even people in my business were like, yeah, shocker, you know, like a sarcastic, uh, you know, a, a tweet. And I went. Really? I mean, I, I don't Aaron Rodgers can be whoever he wants to be off the football field. I just look at him and whatever he does on the football field. But I'm not rooting against him when it comes to an engagement. But then I'm somebody who loves love. It's an odd victory lap to take, though. I know. Like, uh, like, <laughs> I told you. It's a, what? That was the tone of who it cares? yesterday. It, it was very like, oh, good for her getting out. Like, oh, man, and it was it was a lot of it. Yeah, I, I'm just surprised. I don't know. Yeah, it's Seaton. This one dude on Twitter said, though, uh, I mean, everybody knew Rodgers was going to lose another ring. Wow. Boom. That's wow. not a bad line. Okay, that's funny. That's not a bad line. That, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It might be a little too soon, but it's, it is funny. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. a little too soon there. Uh, but, yeah, I was just kind of surprised. Well, I shouldn't be surprised on Twitter. But that one was one of those where you're just rooting for him for whatever reason. And I, I don't I don't take it that personal or that deep. You know, I may not agree with everything Aaron Rodgers says or does, but I'm not sitting there going, can't wait for that engagement to implode. Oh, God, I hope they yes. break up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine those things make your day. What kind of day do you normally have if you're waiting for something like that? Finally, finally, Aaron Rodgers not happy. All right, update the poll results from uh, the first two hours there, Seaton. First two hours, Dan, uh, 57% of uh, the audience would rather move on from Sean McVay over Aaron Donald. <laughs> um, I, and, and you know what? I went back and forth on this, but, it, you know, the coach is more than just 
He he's oversees everything. And certainly that offense. I mean, Aaron Donald is going to be there for the next couple of years. Sean McVay could be there another decade. How about a new poll question, final hour? Yep. Paulie, you got one? It's saucy. Okay. Is it snarky? It Find might, out. It might be positive. Oh. Two hours in the books, one more to go. Dan and the Dan and Stan Patrick Show. Close out the second hour. I was uh, preparing to start the show, and of course, every morning, creature habit. I have my uh, smoothie there, throw in my M drive, and I'm ready to go. Losing weight, more energy, increasing lean muscle. When it comes to health and fitness, we all have different goals. Whatever your goals are, you want to compete as you get older, but you have to create healthy habits. Habits that start small. A daily routine, eating right, regular exercise, taking your M-Drive. It's clinically tested ingredients support healthy testosterone levels, boost energy so you can compete all year long, no matter what your age is. MDrivedan.com, free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee delivered right to your door, or go to Walgreens, Rite Aid, and Vitamin Shop. You need to be healthy, got to have healthy habits, and uh, you get T-support, energy, strength, stamina to fuel your performance every single day. So don't let age beat you. Make sure you re your prime with M-Drive, mdrivedan.com.